Get ready to move from ordinary to extraordinary, natural to supernatural, with Radical Change Ministries. Good morning everyone online in South Africa and wherever the parts might be in the world. But especially, welcome to the people of Radical Change Ministries. <laughs> you guys are special to me, but specifically you are special to God. Do you guys realize how special you are? You are God's elect. You are God's chosen ones. Now you can go and read that in, in Romans 8. We're not going to go through that today because that will end up in a whole new sermon. Go do that in your spare time. Romans 8. You fall in love with God all over again. Today we're going to talk about honor. Honor is a word that, yes, we know we have to honor God. We have to honor our parents. We have to honor everything. But what exactly does it mean? Firstly, it means respect. But secondly, and this is more the explaining part to me that made me understand it. It's uh, dear and expensive. So in other words, the value of it. So when I honor God, then God is valuable to me. If I honor my wife, it means I see her as valuable. You guys get the point? That kind of switch on the light for me when I looked at that. Now that's the Hebrew meaning of the word honor. Now the first commandment says, God needs to be honored. So let's go there. But not to Exodus. Let's go to Matthew 22. And we're going to read there from verse 36. Now let's first look at the the situation here. I like to set the stage first. Because sometimes we read. But we don't experience the background of it. We see Jesus preaching and he's giving a message, but it's kind of like we're not there. Now, like normal, Jesus is preaching and there's hundreds of people sitting in front of us. So picture that, hundreds of people there. And in between there, there are Pharisees. Not because they, they are there to listen to the message. No, they're there to judge him. They are there because he's threatening the way of life for them as the church. And this man is threatening their existence because he's bringing the word of God in a total different way. Like love is everything and everything else is secondary. So they're there and they, and they ask them a question. And sometimes Jesus will react to these guys and tell them, look, Satan is your father. <laughs> and they will tell them, you guys are wicked. You, you, you are white painted graves. Looking good on the outside, but rotten on the inside. At least he didn't get a whip that day. But, and then the Holy Spirit tell me, Piet, this is not one of those days. This is a teaching session. So listen up. So I did. And here, you got Jesus and the Pharisees 
and the rest of the normal people like you and I sitting there taking note, hundreds of ears listening because they would drink the words that Jesus spoke. Uh, they were hungry for it. So it's, so, 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 so it's like they were drinking those words like you would drink water. And the Pharisees would ask a question like they normally do to try and catch him out. And then Jesus would answer and these guys are like a, a tennis game at Wimbledon. And they would ask a question and then Jesus would answer and then they would ask, you know, stuff like that. And here's hundreds of years listening. And the Pharisees ask a very profound question. And Jesus doesn't say anything funny or to break these guys down. He answers that perfectly. They say, teacher, you've got to see the irony in that. Like they accept him as a teacher. I don't think so. But anyway, so they say, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, you shall love the Lord your God. Let's pause there first. What is the first thing he says? You shall love. So love is always the starting point. Let me rephrase that. Love should always be the reason why we do things. It should always be the reason why we do things. If we do something and it's not because of love, then what is the reason? Is it because I want to get back to someone? If, it, if it's because I want to enrich myself? Am I saying or doing something because of lust? Or am I doing something because of love? So Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Next. This is the first and greatest commandment. Next one. And the second one is like this, which means just as important. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is the unselfish, seek the best and higher good for others. The whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two. So what Jesus is saying there is, when you do those two, you have satisfied the entire word of God. If you do those two, you will never sin. Now the reason I want to spend time on, on love there is because love is everything. Love is the greatest. Love conquers all. If we do something out of love, it will be the right thing to do. If everything is said and done, only love will remain. In your spare time, you can have at 1 Corinthians 13. That's the love scriptures. So you can go and and read it in your perfect time. Let me ask you this. Does God honor us? Of course He does. Let's go to uh, John 3, 16. For God so greatly loved, do you see? Love again. Again is the first thing. That's the starting point. For God so loved 
and dearly prized the world. There it is. There is the honor. He valued us. He loved us so much. He valued you and I so much that He gave everything. Now you can ask anybody. Ask any person that has children. Doesn't matter how rich that person is. If he loses that child, he has lost everything. So by giving his son Jesus, God has given us everything. So whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But you might ask me and say, Piet, Pastor Piet, now tell me, what about the horrible bosses that I have in my life? I think we all have those. But we'll get back to those guys in just a minute. When I was doing research and I looked at all, uh, definitely not all of them, you'll be surprised how many scriptures there are in the Word covering honor. Now the first one, uh, obviously, is you've got to honor God. And uh, you can just make a note of all of these if you want to. Um, one of the scriptures I have there is 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Then another one, honor your parents. That is in Ephesians 1. Ephesians 6, verse 1 to 3. Then the next one, honor your employers. That is in 1 Timothy 6, verse 1. Then we have... Follow, uh, uh, you have to honor your, follow, your, your fellow believers. And that is in Romans 12, verse 10. And then also we have, you have to honor your leaders and teachers, your spiritual leaders. That is in 1, 1 Timothy 5, 17. And here's the interesting one. We have to honor our civil servants. Imagine that. I didn't know that was there. That's in Romans 13, verse 1 to 7. Honor the civil servants. Let's talk about honoring our parents for a while. Let's go to uh, Ephesians 6, verse 1, and 1 to 3. Let's read. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That is, accept their guidance and discipline as, a, as His representatives. For this is right, for obedience, teaching, wisdom, and self-discipline. Honor, esteem, value, and precious your father and your mother, and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may have a long life on earth so this is the first one with a promise you want to live long and a prosperous life honor your parents now most of us are very familiar with our parents just like you and I we, 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 we know them well we know their strong points and we know their weak points so they, they're not how can I put it 
They're not necessarily our friends or on a level of friends, but we don't see them as very important people necessarily. But the Word of God says to us, your parents are divinely ordained. So in other words, God has chosen them. They didn't just happen to be your parents. It wasn't an accident. God has handpicked them to be yours, to look after you. So that is it's, it's, it's truly significant, the fact that they are ordained by God. Now, parents are in partnership with God. They are They have given birth to you physically. So physically, it's actually impossible for you and I to exist if they weren't there. They are your primary caretakers and teachers. The day you were born, you were the most vulnerable. I mean, if somebody would take a baby and leave it there, it would take a couple of days for it to perish. At the most a week. But your parents took the time to look after you when you were the weakest when you were the most vulnerable. Now, when teachers, the first things that you learn, you learn from your parents. When you are born, it's like a computer that's totally blank. And as your mother feeds you and as your mother and father look after you, that little brain starts to, it starts to learn and it starts to grow and it starts to develop. And the biggest thing that is starting there is your relationship with that mother or father. So the very first relationship that you have is the one with your parents. And that is, 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 is the example that that child is now using for everybody else that they're going to have the relationship with. Whether it be my, another teacher or might it be the, their boss or the future wife or husband or their children for that matter. So that those, those two people, the parents of that child, is preparing that child not just for, for his work one day, but they're making a big, a large contribution to the society out there. You've got to look at it this way. That little child, whatever they see in the house, they are like taking pictures of it. They see father hugging mama. The father hug, hugging the mother. And they look at that and they take a picture. And the little boy is standing there and say, okay, so this is how you need to treat your wife. The little girl on the other side is taking another picture. And she says, okay, this is how the husband is supposed to treat his wife. Whatever they learn in the house stays with them for the rest of their life. So parents, let's do it right. Let's do it right. Parents represent God in the house. Not just represent, they have to introduce God to those little ones. You see, God's intent for the family. Now, the Hebrew word for family is mishpacha. And family is tremendously important to God. 
not just the family, the, the, the marriage is very important to God because that, that creates the perfect area to create children, to bring up children in the presence of the Lord. In fact, the family is the way He wants us to look at Him. And we can look at God, the Father. In the Trinity, we see that immediately, where Jesus is the Son, the Father and the Son. That's family right there. Where God being the, the ultimate Father and Jesus being the ultimate Son. Let's talk about spiritual leaders. Now, we, when we look at spiritual leaders, they are actually our spiritual parents. Just as the, our parents give physical birth to us in partnership with God, so our spiritual leaders give spiritual birth to us in partnership with God. Let's go to 1 Timothy 5 verse 17. The pastors who lead the church well should be paid well. They should receive double honor for faithfully preaching and teaching the revelation of the Word of God. We don't see that one much. We don't see that scripture much. Now here in the Radical Change Ministries, we, I've heard some of the guys said, referring to the pastor and his wife as mom and dad. And the first time I thought, that is, that is kind of strange. But the person referred to, to, uh, 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 to Renata as mama. And to Pastor Yaku as papa. C can you see they've made the connection already. They understand what it's about. They, they have received them as their spiritual leader and their spiritual parents. And that is tremendously important. You see, these spiritual leaders, they play a tremendous role in giving spiritual birth to us, to you and I. Because each and every one of us had to be rebirthed. Because we were lost, each and every one of us. They are our spiritual caretakers and teachers. In partnership with the Holy Spirit, they develop us into sonship. Not just being spiritually born, but developing us into sons of God. To the point where we can do all things, ready for anything, equal to anything. To the point where we can be self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Wow, that's amazing scripture. Philippians 4.13. Bearing much fruit in the kingdom of God. Or did you think we, uh, you did it all by your lonesome? Did you get saved all by yourself? I don't know, we, I don't think we realize how many people were praying for us to be saved. I, I don't think we realize how many people are at work behind the scenes to develop us as Christians today. I was listening to a, to a sermon from Angus Bucken. And when I got saved, 
I got reminded of that. And Angus Buggins said, when you get saved, the first thing you need to do is tell three people about it. You have to testify about it to three people. So I did. And I spoke to one of my sisters, a family member. And I told her, you know what she said? She said, praise the Lord. I thought, yo, was it, was it that bad? What's happening? She says, do you, do you understand how many years I've been praying for you for this? And I was, I was so surprised. I later found out that there's, there were people praying for me that, that doesn't even know me. People that prayed for me. There was, there was a guy that I've never met and he's prayed for me. And I thought, how, 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 how is that possible? But that's just how God works. Do you think that your family doesn't pray for you? Your mother and father, each and every one of them. Just think about your mother and father. Do you think they're not praying for you? They are. Do you think your brothers and your sisters, your family members doesn't pray for you? They do. Do you think the pastors, our pastors don't pray for us? They do. There's so many people here in this church that pray for each other on a daily basis. We need to honor our spiritual leaders and teacher. As the word says, they're worthy of a double honor. Double honor. I want to use an example from the Word of God of somebody that's been, that has done the right. In other words, he's, he's given honor to people where it was due and he did it perfectly. And the only one I could think of is David. You know, and David gave honor to, to God and to his spiritual leaders, the anointed ones, as he called it. And because of that, I believe he was the greatest king of Israel ever. He started with a bang and he, he even finished even better. And I'm going to pick up the story there in 1 Samuel 17 from verse 46. Now let's just set the scene here. The guys are at war. The Philistines and Israel and they are about to, to fight. But then suddenly a three meter tall giant comes and he and he wants to fight. He says, give me somebody that can face me. And everybody's too afraid. I mean, this guy is a war champion named Goliath. He's a monster. And everybody is afraid. No one that's even prepared to, to dare face this guy. It's almost impossible. And here comes David, never been in a war, teenager, doesn't even have a sword, with a sling and a couple of little stones. And he ends up fighting this guy. And as he runs towards this guy, he says the following. He says, this day the Lord will hand you over in me, to me. <laughs> Amazing. 
My goodness, this, this little boy, this, this teenager boy, he's running towards this, this war veteran, this champion. And he, he's, he's not saying, listen, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut you off your head and, and everybody's going to know that Israel has a God. He says, no, this day the Lord will give you into my hands. What is he doing? He's giving honor to God. And I will strike you down and cut off your head. That happened. And I will give the corpses of the armies of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth so that all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. What he prophesied there is truth because everybody that reads the word of God knows what happened that day. And that this entire assembly may know that the Lord does not save with a sword or with a scepter for the battle is the Lord's and He will hand you over to us. My goodness. He's not even an adult yet and He's giving honor to God. How amazing is that? <laughs> it goes even beyond honor. This guy is, 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 is confident in God. To me, that's another level. He's not just confident in God. He's, he's bragging with God. Are you and I bragging in our God? Are we this confident? It's just amazing. But that wasn't the only thing that David did right. David also respected and honored his spiritual leaders, specifically and uh, as he called them, um, the anointed ones of God. And now coming back to those horrible bosses that you guys just referred to. We all have them. But let me tell you this about it. Let, let, let's just stand still a little bit on, on the horrible bosses. Those people are very important in our lives. <laughs> they are important in shaping our characters. You guys are very quiet now. These guys are instrumental in our success one day. They are placed there by God. So how, how do I... <laughs> guys, I also have those. Don't worry. How do we react to that? Let's see what David did. David had one of those, King Saul. That guy was so horrible, he tried to kill David twice. Have your horrible boss tried to kill you yet? So what did he do? He still honored him. So what are we supposed to do with these guys? We'll have to honor them. David respected the honorable and anointed people in his life. Even those who were evil. Hmm. 
obviously uh, God was on the scene all the time and he was looking after David and he delivered Saul twice in David's hands so much so that David was standing over that over Saul and he was sleeping both times and the soldiers with him said David God has delivered Saul into your hands kill him quick it would have been so easy just a question of and it was over but David said no you do not stretch your hand out to the anointed ones of God twice the first time in 1 Samuel 24 verse 1 to 17 and then the second time in 1 Samuel 26 verse 1 to 12 and of course, it's easy for us now to judge because now we know that that was a defining moment in David's life. Now we know that was a test from God for the character of David. But when it happens to us, it's not, it's not so easy to identify, is it? No. It's not so easy to keep your cool it's not so easy then not to get upset and say something you're not supposed to say. Because those horrible bosses can be horrible, am I right? <laughs> we have to honor them. Then there was another time in David's life. And this is now in 2 Samuel. If you look, if you read the books of First and 2 Samuel, you will find that Saul was king in the books of 1 Samuel and David was king in the books of 2 Samuel. So it came to a point where, where Saul totally, he totally lost it. He tried to, to call up the spirit of the dead prophet, prophet Samuel. And because of that, Samuel prophesied and said, you will die in this war. In this war. And that was the end of Saul. And what happened is the two, the two uh, uh, armies faced off against each other, uh, Philistines and the Israelites. And the Israelites lost that day. Now what normally happens in a situation like that, the army that wins gets everything. They get the woman, they get the children. Everything that the other guys had is now theirs because there's nobody to protect them anymore. That's the spills of war. Now, being a, a, a king of an army that just lost, it is a terrible day. Because what happens now, he's looking at a terrible death, the most horrible death that the enemy can think about. He's going to go through now. So King Saul knows What's going to happen next? They're going to humiliate him. They're most probably going to tie him up and bring his whole, whole family, all his wives, all his children, and kill them right in front of him. They're then most probably going to take out both his eyes so that that, what he saw, will stick with him. If they don't kill him some horrible way, they will keep him like a dog for days to suffer. He knows that. So what does he do? 
he asked the messenger to kill him. And so the messenger did. And after that, the messenger goes and he reports what happened to David. And of course, he also reports that um, King Saul and his son, Jonathan, which is a very good friend of David, has died, has perished in a war. And they also shared that the king has asked him to kill him and he did. And David said, but how is it that you stretch your hand out to the anointed ones of David, of the Lord? So David ordered this guy to be executed. And today we might think, oh, that's a bit overkill, isn't it? That's a bit harsh. But not to David. To David, this was, this was the way to honor God and the anointed ones. Until death, he still honored King Saul. Doesn't matter how wicked he was. No matter how wicked. That's amazing to me. I want to I wanna close with this. Now, today we are, each and every one of us have a, a cell phone. And by a push of a button, these smartphones can connect us to hundreds of people, even thousands of people, by just clicking a button. Today we have social media that, that is incredibly powerful but yet there's so many lonely people today they reckon that that we are the loneliest today than ever before we are even in isolation sometimes because of COVID-19 of course as well you think to yourself how did that happen it seems like technology has taken us a a couple of steps ahead but in actual fact we lost a couple of steps what happened to 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 greeting somebody with a hand what happened to to hugging somebody what happened to to kiss your son what happened to that now we are all deprived of that You're not supposed to be within a meter and a half of someone. How are we going to lay hands on someone then? How are we going to anoint them? Pray with them. We, We think we've taken a couple of steps into the future, yet we lost a couple of steps. We can connect to thousands of people with a push of a button, yet we are sitting so alone at home. Yet we are isolated. That is not God's idea. The other day, just to give you an example. Now lately we are doing uh, meetings. We don't meet in a boardroom anymore. Uh, We have teams on Zoom or on uh, Microsoft Teams. 
And sometimes you don't even see the person's face. You only hear the voice because the streaming can only handle so much data. So then you have to uh, switch off the camera. So at least the voices come through properly. You don't even see the person's face. You only hear the voice. It's so impersonal. It's, it's crazy. So the other day, we had a meeting and they decided, no, it's only a, about five people, so we're going to have it in the boardroom. Guys, I wish you were there. It, it wasn't a board meeting. It was just a, a COVID-19 task team meeting. And there's about five of us and we were sitting there. The meeting lasted at least an hour longer because the people couldn't stop talking. It's like we haven't seen each other for a year. <laughs> they were sitting there and we enjoyed each other. It's, it was crazy. And we even work in the same building. We see each other every day. But when we had the meeting, it, we, we couldn't have enough. It just shows you how, how the people long for that relationship, that, that intimacy. And we haven't even touched each other. But we couldn't get enough. For at least now you could see the guy's face and you could see the, the emotion when he explains to you why we shouldn't take this decision. I couldn't believe it. But for most of the meetings, we are still on, on, on teams. My question this morning is, how do you honor someone if you don't have a proper relationship with that person? How can I honor God if I never speak to Him? How is it possible without a proper relationship? So let's fix that today. Let's fix that relationships today. Let heal. Let's heal those relationships. Let's honor God. Let's honor our parents. Honor our spiritual leaders. Let's honor those anointed people in our lives. Let's develop that character. And now I'm referring to our character that God is looking for. Let's develop that. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for those friends and family that you've given us, those dear ones. Thank you for those people, those loved ones that make such a tremendous contribution in our lives. Help us to, to make those relationships strong again. Help us to honor each other and value each other. Help us to strengthen that relationship with you above all. Father, I pray for the grace of God the Father and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ on each and every one of us today. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, everybody, this is me saying shalom to all my brothers and sisters. Thanks for tuning into Radical Change Ministries. Subscribe for more.